Good evening. This evening's uh, Dharma talk is titled Deep Narcissism. And the uh, idea behind that, uh, that title is to talk about and bring some attention to and possibly have some questions about the way the self-centeredness or the narcissism, depending on the person, on the situation, is uh, pretty, pretty buried as far as the roots of it. It's, it, it's uh, very tight there. Yoga Tribe tradition talks about uh, eight consciousnesses and the seventh consciousness being the one where uh, the uh, uh, is the the klesha mind or that area of the mind that is that all the energy is running around there is grasping energy, uh, pushing and shoving energy or aggressive energy and shutting down or anything that comes that's not wanted or something that's you know the door is slammed. So the idea there is uh, with uh, deep uh, deep self-centeredness we all we all know about the more shallow form of it where it's closer to the surface we kind of sometimes will even do something or say something and we'll say all oh, that i guess that must sound kind of uh, egotistical or something and, and we might see that in others the way there, there seems to be some kind of a self-centeredness going on but there's also uh, i want to talk a little bit about and comment on the that 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 is that area of feeling thinking assuming uh, that there is someone who is extremely solid and uh, is some, someone and uh, is connected with this whole body-mind complex you call your body, your your, uh, your life, your mom, your dad, and your story about your life. All of that gets woven together in such a way that there is a construct that is dependently arisen. Uh, it's, 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 uh, it shows up uh, because of hope and fear, hope for something better. Second noble truth, wanting things to be different than they are, hope that they're going to get better. And also, second noble truth, wanting some, some things to go away, basically discomfort, uh, failure, all, all the other things that, that come up as reasons for why we don't feel good, why we feel bad, or why we're upset or challenged, and so on. So I want to go into that a little bit deeper, but first I want to say that the sitting practice of meditation, which is what I'm here to, if I'm here to promote anything, would be sit down, hold still, and watch that movement, watch that movement so that you can see the way the self-centered mind keeps reconstructing itself, keeps re refurbishing uh, the underpinnings of that, that self-centeredness, which, uh, which is there because of uh, desire, wanting something else, desire for something to get to come forward, desire for something to go away, and desire for something to not just not be there. Just, I don't want to think about that. I'm not going to think about that anymore. And sometimes maybe then say that we might actually deliberately distract ourselves into some uh, entertainment or some activity uh, and completely uh, not only do that, but then validate it. Well, I've got to do, I have to do that. I can't do the same. And again, uh, and at the same time, this is not wrong or incorrect. So, uh, this is not about right and wrong. It's always about awareness. And the awareness, if you're, if in your practice, if you are prioritizing the space in which things appear or the, the, the witnessing part or the seeing, the hearing, smelling, tasting, even, even the first level of thinking, Trungpa Rinpoche would say to his students, first thought, best thought. And of course, it's not even a thought. It's just, you just see this. It looks like a thought, but it's actually, uh, it's actually a mirror, but you may not notice that for a while. And if you do notice it, uh, maybe wrong. So the different levels of this narcissism 
uh, function in a way. Uh, I'm, I'm, this is a uh, it's difficult to elaborate on it because there are so many different ways that this can show up. But I'm, so I'm going to mention a couple. Perhaps you can ask questions after I get through going a few going through a few of these. They're quite. Uh, they may look a long ways apart from each other, and they may not. So one of them is you may not notice uh, that either either in your own um, sensorium, your own uh, mind stream, your own uh, uh, consciousness, that whole dynamic that that uh, uh, is uh, um, can be divided up into smelling, tasting, hearing, touching, um, seeing, and so on, and thinking. But the fundamental uh, situation is doesn't have a location and when we talk about the seventh consciousness or that area of the mind that is paranoid that area of the mind that is fearful wanting to protect something someone and what it wants to pr protect is an illusion there's no solid being there as you hear me say don't believe me but there's no there's no solid uh, situation there that needs protecting that doesn't mean that that if something comes along and starts to threaten our body, which we're very attached to, that we aren't going to have some kind of fear or some kind of reaction. Oh, I need to get out of here because tigers. Or, I need to get out of here because of uh, people who aren't wearing masks. However you want to, however it shows up. There's so many ways that this can happen, as we know. Um, so the area I wanted to talk about, I wanted to say something about first is is like we might have a question like why because of the some some of the leadership and not only in our country but in other countries how does it happen that people who we talk to seem quite intelligent insightful seem to have or able to converse with them seem to resonate with really strong leaders or heads of whatever uh, who are who to us appear crazy, or insane, or power hungry, or mad, or uh, you have you name it. This happens all over the world all the time. It's been going on since uh, yes, here comes the Peloponnesian Wars. Been going on forever. Shows up all over the place, and that aspect of the deep narcissism will not awaken because it is kept down by pride. We don't want anybody to know that we're self-centered, so we we act like we're not. We, we've learned to not let that show. So this is quite often the, the, the MO of ego is to make sure that that which shows up as a strong belief or connection or, or uh, uh, self-authorization, shall we call it, uh, doesn't show because there's nobody around to back me up. But if you see a person, uh, if a person in your country, in your state, in your school, uh, in your uh, ghetto, in your gang, in your, in, in, in whatever it is, in, in your meditation class, in your monastery, in any, any uh, dynamic, if that, if that craziness or that intense, powerful, deep narcissism starts to get a foothold in some way, and there, we can talk about how that might happen. It's basically dependently arisen. But if that gets a foothold, then those who prior to that happening uh, were not even aware that they were hiding out from their 
self-centeredness. But when that starts to move up here at a certain frequency, then the hidden narcissism, because of dependent origination, because we are not fundamentally separate from each other, then that starts to grow and starts to, and the more powerful that person appears, the more the one's own validation of one's central uh, identity becomes, starts to wake up and starts to feel pretty good. Well, this, this is our girl. This is our man. This is our, our leader. This is a, so it's just a way of talking about it. As I often say, and I'll say again, you might get tired of me hearing this, but it's very important for you to consider what, what, what I'm saying. Don't believe this. Don't believe it. Train your mind to see clearly so you don't have to operate with beliefs and disbeliefs. They're useless because they're all dependently risen. Anything you believe is true, uh, come this way. Talk to me about it. I'll show you where it's not true. Because if you don't believe something is true or not true and you don't stop looking at it, uh, you're not separate from it. You're not separate from it. And so, therefore, you have a deep understanding of it. If you run away from what's commonly called and fight with, or go to war with uh, what's commonly called uh, evil, um, then it will get you. You can't fight. You can't fight with something that you're not separate from. This is called non-duality. The theistic traditions quite often want to get rid of the evil or the bad and promote the good or the successful or the, the radiant and the, the angelic quality. And so... Just saying that the the deep area may not show up at all, but if it does start to show up, it might be supported by that kind of a confirmation of that. That's why people that are crazy people who are come to power is because of dependent origination. And I could go on and on. I could say I could go into areas where I say the people that are resonating with this kind of uh, craziness that we see. Uh, whether it's our situation here or uh, Bolsonaro or, or the, um, Kim Jong-un or someone like that that we know about or other people in the past where this has happened, Hitler, Stalin, uh, Mussolini, and so on, and others down through the centuries. But that resonance shows up uh, in terms of, ah, finally somebody who is going to help us, defend us, and they, they tend to overlook because of the power of the resonance, the power of the fuel that one gets from from resonating with that kind of uh, craziness. This is just one area that shows up in. I'm going to name several others, and you can do with these whatever you want. I suggest you listen and don't jump to any conclusions, and especially uh, don't, don't, uh, um, uh, don't leave any conclusions. Don't jump to them. Don't jump out of them. Don't do anything with them. If they conclude, watch. So when I say don't conclude, I know you can't help it. But that's why I want you to watch the way your mind concludes and says, I don't believe that. If you can, please don't say that. And if you're going to be, if you're going to say that, then why even come to something like this? You don't have to believe, disbelieve anything, including all of the things that people are talking about. They believe or disbelieve and so on. You don't have to do that. First thing I'm going to say is deep narcissism, deep, deep consciousness can show up as what is sometimes appears as uh, spirit forms. 
I rarely talk about this, but once in a while, and it's something that I, I work with all the time when I'm talking to people. Um, I've had people come to me, and uh, one person in particular came and f- found out that I was uh, talking to them about a possible um, um, something showing up in their consciousness that might not be them. And they challenged me. They said, well, this isn't Zen. And I said, oh, it isn't? I said, we're talking about consciousness, and you need to be able to go anywhere. You don't need to be restricted by the tradition that supports you or the monastery, or the rules, or the Sotoshu, or the Kagyu lineage. Uh, consciousness always finds its own form. If you don't put it in prison out of your fear, or you're op- opting for this or for that, based on the emotions and feelings that come up, that keep reinforcing your uh, ignorance. So spirit possession is one level of deep consciousness. That is it. Very difficult to work with that, to know how to work with that. Uh, you can do it somewhat by yourself, but if you think that you, the thoughts you're having are your own or they're have, you have some kind of possession, it's a misunderstanding. It's a big one. The other level a lot that I'll ask about, you can ask questions and I'll do my best to respond in a helpful way. The other one would be uh, uh, apparent uh, past lives. I don't know if there's past lives, but probably. I'm not sure if there's a past. I'm not sure if there's lives. Don't take anything for granted, please. If you consider yourself a student of mine, which you probably do for the next half hour, don't believe anything. Don't believe me. Don't believe anything. Just look at it. Observe everything. Observe everything. Anytime a thought arises in your mind about, I need to go out and uh, uh, take the garbage out of the street because the pickup's coming, or I need to clean the birdcage, the canary starting to scowl at me. On and on and on. The other dynamic that is uh, along with uh, deep uh, consciousness or and also deep narcissism is uh, so-called or apparent extraterrestrial uh, interference or even abduction. This is probably going on. Maybe you haven't experienced that. I haven't, but I have met people who have. And so, and it's not just some kind of discontinuous identity disorder or what is that called? Since you, yeah, science comes along and says, I'm not against science. One of my, some of my favorite scientists are scientists, but they, Science, the interesting thing about the modern science is it does not like to not know. Because if it doesn't know, then it doesn't feel very scientific. But how can, how can we relate to this? Well, we'll just give it a name. And so here's a person who has four or five different personalities that seem to actually take over and function. And I'm talking about situations I've worked with and people who are therapists that I work with uh, often. You, you run into that quite a bit, don't you? Maybe not a lot, but some. And instead of medicating that, putting pills on top of it to stop it, uh, it's rare for someone who is a therapist or a psychiatrist uh, to actually explore that because that might mean their credential isn't working in that area. To actually look, actually receive what's happening when someone is saying, this is my, I keep, other people keep showing up inside of me. 
So the, the, the common way that this is worked with is the so-called establishment, which is about success, making money, having, having credibility, and having you know, certificates on the wall. Uh, I'm all about that. I make certificates for people. You want a certificate? I'll give you one. Didn't I give you a certificate? I gave her a certificate of one of my favorite people. Put it on her wall. Actually, she's a meditation teacher, and I gave her a certificate so that she could point that out. So what am I driving at? I don't know. I'm, what I'm driving at is uh, don't take anything for granted. And if something shows up, don't accept it. Uh, don't reject it. Don't do anything. Look at it. You know, this, starting with your own thought patterns. And then uh, and anything else that shows up, at least consider there's a possibility that something could be happening in that area that the only way they know how to talk about it is discontinuous identity. Or uh, what was it again? Dissociative. Dissociative identity disorder. Well, that got them out of it. At least we know that now it's, it's their problem. And what do you think those entities think when they hear that? They go, <laughs> they don't know we're here. I'm not kidding you. I'm not kidding you. There, there's everything is listening to you all the time. The nature of hearing is uh, universal and it is uh, eternal. Everything is hearing you. It might not be uh, knowing exactly who it's hearing or who it's listening to or who it's watching. But the, the world, even though it appears very separated and uh, like we can kind of put it to use, the materialism that shows up in the world all over the place, world is ablaze with materialism and it might just burn it up. I mean, literally, literally burn it up because the people who are burning it up actually don't know they're doing it. All they can see is their coffers filling up with money and their certificates filling up with credentials about how wonderful they are based on the deep narcissism that is supporting them, sometimes called uh, the Senate. It's very rare for me to talk about politics at all but I'm concerned about the world collapsing before you all attain enlightenment. And you have to reincarnate on the planet Zorba as an alien. And I think the Dharma's hard here. Everybody's got masks on here, so I can't see if anything's, anyone is smiling. Not, nah, I can't. Kevin's smiling. Okay, that's good. Go ahead, please. How do we see our deep narcissism before it gets captured by the narcissist out here? Yeah, that's a very good question. How does, uh, uh, Shoto's asking, how do we see the narcissism before it gets captured? You may not, you may have to, you may have to see the tail end of it. You may see that you've been captured, that you've been captured. But it's always about awareness. It's never about fixing, solving, concluding, getting rid of. You don't have to get rid of anything. You don't have to get rid of neurosis. You don't have to get rid of aliens. You don't have to get rid of, uh, of uh, a bunch of different identities coming in. But it's a real good idea to know what that is, to know deeply what it is. And a lot of times, uh, to know deeply what something is, you might have to get your hands dirty. In other words, you have, might have to be part of that negativity in order to really understand it. So if, if there's any kind of fear showing up, uh, any kind of fear about that, about, I can't, oh, I can't look at that. And fear might manifest as uh, a statement like this. Do you believe that stuff? Do you believe in astrology? 
You don't have to believe, disbelieve anything in order to investigate it. If you do believe it or disbelieve it, then the investigation stops right at the edge of your the solidity that has been created or the barrier or the walls of the mind that is created by beliefs. So and in your situation, I would say you can see it coming. And if it comes, just let it come. Don't try to stop it because of your wanting to have control over it. Go ahead. What protects us when we have to show up in a way that might look negative? You, what what protects you? Uh, actually, you don't need protection. You don't need protection. What you need is awareness so you can see what this is. And then there's no way anything can threaten you. No way, no way any kind of errant uh, entities that are floating around. And they are, by the way. Don't believe me. But you might not want to... Uh, might want to not ignore that. Go ahead. So it's about it's about the awareness of forms arising in the space we call the mind, in the sky. Anything, anytime where there's an opening, watch how quickly it fills up with something. So I could go on and on here, but it would be great to have some questions from uh, people off in the distance if you have them. Go ahead, Kozan. What, what's the big grin about? <laughs> That's really funny because somebody messaged, Anna Maria asked, what is this mischievous smile about? And I didn't know that I was smiling. And then you said that. But I was laughing, I was smiling at what you said when you asked me. Oh, smiling about something I said the other day. Uh, you mentioned earlier resonance with uh, narcissism or whatever, totalitarian uh, personages yes. our unexamined yes I did totalitarianism how how does uh, a dissonance with that fuel uh, our narcissism so the dissonance or the objection to it is just uh, like you'd object to anything uh, and the important thing to understand there is to not stop that not try to like uh, recently somebody people are praying for uh, for the uh, fellow in the White House praying for him. Uh, and it's not that we want to go the other way and, and hope that he his head blows off, although some people may want to do that. I don't know. But it's, it's the idea of taking any kind of stand with it at all. Uh, actually, we want to uh, look, look at that insofar as we can at the dissonance and see that it's an objection to something that's distasteful for us because it is something that shows up in ourselves. It shows up in our own consciousness. And it's disturbing. And if you're if you're not clear about who this is, this body mind complex, whichever one you're dealing with, if you're not clear about who that is, that it is not a solid being, then those kind of thing, that kind of a, a dissonance will show up, and uh, and you won't be able to stop it, and it will be aggravating, and it'll and you'll want to write a book about it, or you want to tell somebody, or you want to stomp around and pound on your furniture, or kick your cat. Don't do that. Uh, you know, I mean, I'm just saying you could, you could be, but you also can have that kind of emotion go through and, and the emotion cannot find uh, an experiencer of that. So it, it can just be emotion that comes through. So the, the, the great thing about it is you actually can be what Trungpa Rinpoche talked about over and over again during his life is just be genuine. Be the very neurosis that you're trying to get rid of so that you can actually see that it is, it is empty of a self. Empty of a self when it's really intense is when it looks like there's somebody who's upset who needs to get be validated or at least be heard in court or 
we need to get rid of that or get rid of we see the I say don't go to war, don't go to peace. No position. And when you do that, of course you can't help but take positions, but if you if you put a little tension on it by uh, working with the idea of passion, grasping, aggression, pushing, and ignorance or shutting down, if you work with those energies, you'll see that those are actually not the real issue. What is the issue is when when the imputation that there's someone who is mad and someone who is right or someone who is wrong or someone who is shutting down or someone who is ashamed or someone who is pride uh, full of pride. So it's the it's the identity part, the mistaken identity. But you can't really see the identity directly. It seems to be necessary, as far as I can see, to look at the energy that is coming and going. Look at the birds flying in the sky. Look at the thoughts floating through the mind without it grasping, rejecting, or shutting down. If you join them, then you, you end up in that whole um, that labyrinth of spinning and that labyrinth of uh, things coming and going and coming and going larger and smaller and the relative truth, uh, uh, the illusion of separation. Whereas if you just watch, then that which is seeing uh, begins to be understood deeply. And that is sometimes called a mirror-like wisdom, that everywhere you look, you don't see anything else. The elseness is gone. But you may, the only passage to that is to no more war. No more war. Just a, it's like a willingness to, to be crazy, a willingness to, no matter what the emotions come and go and come and go, that you're, you're, you're done with it. As uh, Chief Do- Joseph of the Nezpers, uh Indians, Northwest Coast Indians, uh, said, what, 150 years ago or more, probably 200 years ago, uh, from where the sun stands now, I will fight no more forever. What kind of insight is that? I can't hardly stop from weeping. Sound go Go ahead, please. Tano. Sound bowing. I was wondering, you said don't fight with evil, don't fight with narcissism. What exactly does it look like to not fight with those things, but also not encourage or add on to those things? Exactly. You just said it. Do that. And if you do that, then you'll notice that you can't quite do that. But what happens is the energy uh, that shows up as the, that aspect of awareness that is not producing, that aspect of, uh, of awareness that is receiving, you'll find out you're beginning to actually receive the world as it's, as it's showing up, which is crazy. But at the world as it shows up is crazy. That's illusion. As the world as it is, is completely balanced and perfect. This is a teaching of the of the sages down to the centuries, including Longchenpa, including the Buddha, including uh, Dogen Zenji. More? Sanho. Sanho bowing. What about with other people? How do we not add on to their narcissism? Sanho bowing. Just, just see that you add. If you see that you're doing that, you probably will do less because you're very aware that you're you're prep promoting or you're pushing on someone. Uh, and all you have to do is take the attitude as you should be taking since you received the vow to be with all things, the vow to save all beings. You should be very kind and generous. Uh, and very kind and generous to others doesn't mean you indulge in their, in their crap. doesn't mean you so-called let them off the hook. It also doesn't mean that you turn around and accuse them of things that they're really not ready to see yet. If you're if you're not sure about who's here, I'm pointing to myself right now, Sano. If you're not ready to see this 
person deeply and no longer object or agree or disregard anything, then that ability starts to show up at everything you look at, everyone you see. Everywhere you look, you see the Buddha. Everywhere you look, you see the, uh, the enlightened one. It's not a one. It's just you see that what the Buddha saw was uh, the Buddha everywhere. And how did he do that? By looking at the delusion. So looking at, and so this is what's being recommended here. No matter what it is, uh, just observe. If it shows up as uh, aliens, observe. Don't, don't jump to no conclusions, except the conclusions you spontaneously jump to, but don't jump to conclusions about that. Well, I can't be thinking that. Well, I'm going to go read a bunch of books and prove that that's wrong or prove that it's right. Right and wrong is extra. You don't need proof for this. This is not a court of law. If you need proof, that's relative. That's the relative situation locking down on, on right, wrong, up, down, back, forth, light and dark. Um, it's the off and on switch of the computer. This is why observing and receiving what is moving in the mind stream or what is moving in your life stream or in your room or across your tabletop is so, so important as a training. Sit down, hold still, watch the movement so that when you get off, off and what's commonly called post meditation, that you're very clear about what's coming and going. You actually, you actually see the fundamental nature of what's coming and going without particularly adding on, well, this is good, this is a good, and this is bad over here, and this is of no consequence. We don't have to be concerned about that. Everything should be received and should get your attention. Junju. You said something like the world as it shows up is crazy. The world as it is is completely balanced. Yes. With the teaching of pure appearance is the craziness that shows up the actual nature? It's it's a dependent origination, so it's a paratantra. So it's it, yeah, it's cause and effect. This cause that cause that cause that. But what happens is somewhere in there, some kind of uh, aspect of consciousness starts to congeal into someone who's having this experience. It starts to separate out. If you take the twelve links on the chain of existence, uh, um, the, just the hot and cold factor of uh, the situation causes things to spin. And that spinning, uh, that ignoring of the open dimension of the pure appearance uh, causes that to spin. And that spinning causes, causes samsaras or thought forms and patterns. And then that, uh, and then that uh, shows up as consciousness or the space in which the spinning occurs. Kind of ass backwards. <laughs> More. Is the encouragement to see the balance and not the craziness? No, no, look at the craziness. Don't look for balance. Things are already balanced. Look for the craziness and see that the very insanity you're looking at is not separate. Non-dual, Advaita. Advaita is dualistic, separated. Advaita is not to actually look at the craziness, look at the division is, is how you see. Because then you're not you're not shutting off you're not praising and raising good into some kind of a 
theistic uh, overtones and you're not shoving down bad or evil or devils. And so you're, you're not forcing, you're not trying to get on the side of the good. Instead, you, you're just, there's just appreciation of it. The, and and the, 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 the difficulty there is the ego mind, the self-centered mind, somebody, I can't do that. This is evil. This is, this is terrible over here. So we're not saying join evil. We're not saying some people tend to get caught up in that. They tend to go into theism or uh, and that works. And if that doesn't work, they might even go into Satanism, possibly. Join better to be on the side of the winners kind of thing. People actually think like that and, and actually do ritualistic uh, practices to encourage that kind of a position on things. And what's being said here, just observe. This doesn't mean that if you're in a room where you're just trying to be with what's happening and see what's happening clearly. Uh, if you can, minus your own preconceptions about it, your judgments, your opinions, and the things that uh, we get out of hope and fear, we get seduced into acting on. It uh, doesn't mean that someone doesn't come in there who is more out of, uh, has lost their center or lost their perimeter or is confused so much or is so terrified that they begin to act in a disturbed way or in a threatening way or in a dangerous way that you wouldn't step right into that and stop it. But you, but that stepping right into it and stopping it would not be some kind of a protocol that, well, if people do this, I will do that and I will do that. It would be something that you would relate to completely and directly. And, and if you can imagine what it must feel like for a person who's sitting in a classroom and suddenly somebody comes in and starts shooting up the place really being put on the spot. What do you do? There's no way you can say, well, this is what I would do. Or this is what I know you would, you may function. You may, you may jump out the window. You may, uh, you may tackle the person. There's no way to understand what that is. But if, if, if the mind has been trained, if you're clear about what's coming and going and you no longer have preferences about right and wrong, up and down, back and forth, then you see the fundamental nature, the fundamental nature that, that needs to be seen in order to, to act in a way that in the Buddhist tradition is called uh, uh, upaya, skillful means. Skillful means is not something you do, it's something you are. You are that. Rather than you, you're practicing skillful means. Or you're practicing. That's, that's a misunderstanding. More? The Junshu means pure appearance. You have that name because that's what you need to see. Pure appearance. Nothing to fix, nothing to correct. You, you transcend this world without leaving it. Teresa Ballin. Teresa, go ahead. I come from parents that are both um, verifiable narcissistic geniuses, raise their children to be sort of robotic. Hmm. Um, Lucky you. Yeah. Not bad, not good, just is. Okay. Um, not sure, I'm not sure how to work with the um, sort of nihilistic, like, um, this is kind of all messed up and just we need to kind of scrap the whole Frickin' thing, start over. 
especially in my own. So my question is, how do I work with my own um, bitter, angry? Um, oh, I should add that both my parents were very devout Catholics, very religious people. Um, so I don't. My question is how to work with that distrust in myself. I hope that question is clear. Valerie. Yeah, the question is very clear, and and I would hopefully I can give you a, a clear answer without making life more difficult for you. But it it seems to be very necessary when we have a, a dynamic uh, like you're describing that we all have our own version of that somewhat, maybe maybe. Maybe some worse, uh, relatively. Maybe some better. Maybe some that are more neutral. Uh, but that's what this uh, this uh, whole uh, whole diagram, the whole structure, the whole way, the whole container of the Buddha's Dharma is the teacher, the teaching, and the community. And it seems that bringing this together over and over again uh, in your excuse me in your life in your practice uh, as much as you can. We're we're trying to create this uh, out of Whatever's happening, we have. Uh, I have had two different teachers. I had no idea what to, how to do this. It just started to show up. I do it with others. Others came, and we, we bring this situation together. Um, the, we we do quite a bit of this now on Zoom because that's what's available. We can't all get together, although there's a few of us here. And I would say use those three: the Buddha, the Dharma, the Sangha. The Buddha have a teacher, which you do have a teacher. And, uh, and have a, a teaching, which we, we have all kinds of teachings. We study um, um, mostly uh, teachings that are connected with our particular school or our lineage, the Mahayana. Um, not too much Vajrayana, but we're not staying away from that totally. And uh, we're not staying away from the early teachings of the Buddha, uh, the, the uh, Agamas, or the early teachings. So use those three, and then the most important thing uh, is besides the working with the mind, working with post-meditation, and your inner day, inner interaction and daily interaction with others and with the uh, with television or or uh, with sangha or whatever, is to strong strong uh, awareness practice, and it doesn't have to be tantric practices particularly, uh, it doesn't have to be those, but it needs to be. Very simple. Sit down and practice just receiving whatever shows up. And that way, when you get off the cushion, uh, whatever's showing up may be distressing. It may, because of the resonating idea I talked about earlier, something is showing up with somebody else uh, in their situation or their uh, whatever's happening with them may resonate with you. Uh, so the downside, it may feel terrible, uh, may bring up things uh, about your upbringing or how you were treated. The, the area, sensitive areas, maybe you've been trying to medicate or cover up with stuff uh, or even meditate. There's people who teach meditation that is, that is more like covering things up rather than let's see, let's see what it is. Let's look at it. Let's look at it. So I would say just continue. You just started in this particular uh, way of doing it a few months ago. I'll keep going. Susan. In the case of spirit possession, is there anything to do with that other than just observe it? Do you treat it like a thought pattern? I would treat it like a thought pattern, and uh, and don't uh, don't don't do much with it unless it starts doing something with you. 
uh, from some people's point of view, which is still a point of view, uh, everybody's flooded with this stuff. So, and I would tend to agree with that. And I'm just saying, uh, it, being aware of that, I think, is important rather than uh, being aware of it and trying to do something with it. You know, write a book about it, or not that you shouldn't, you could, uh, or even even enter into that area at all. The, the, the most powerful thing you can do is to strengthen the awareness in which things occur, including any uh, errant or wandering entities. Well, I'm just talking about that as a way of describing it. I don't know what they are. I don't know what that is, but uh, it's real. I mean, it's relatively real. And it doesn't really, sometimes doesn't even know what it is. It gets its identity from your mind stream. Nothing is separate. It just looks that way. And it's part of the reason that there's so much paranoia is because it is such an open dimension. More about that if you have it. Is it helpful to try to differentiate the neurosis into a phenomena like spirit possession from being a thought pattern? Uh, perhaps. Perhaps. Could be. Situational. Uh, no, I would stay away from... The only protocol I would go to that you would repeat is uh, Shikantaza. And the reason I say that is I'm sure you've noticed those of you who have practiced Shikantaza a lot, and everybody in this room has a lot, otherwise you can't live in a monastery, uh, is you'll notice that every time you said it's different, even when it's the same, it's different. There's always some aspect of it that is uh, different until it's not. Is that something we can do on our own? And if not, how do we do that? Both. You, you can do it on your own and you can also uh, do it with with someone to help you, with someone to facilitate that situation. Kevin Bowling. Go ahead, Kevin. Is dependent origination and responsibility, are, are, are those synonymous with choicelessness, Bowling? Yes. The reason I can say that is because I can really defend any position on it. Because there's no there's no real positionality. What you're what you're asking about is very uh, very important, and uh, the way I'm responding is uh, is very definite about it. But that can bring up uh, questions that will go another direction. But yeah, the idea of choicelessness, the way I talk about it is, if you're completely closed off, enamored of yourself, you believe your thoughts, and you're extremely self-centered, then it's choiceless in that you're being uh, you're being um, controlled by your your karma, your the causes and conditions that close you off so you can't actually see clearly what's happening around you. So therefore, you're highly conditioned. We all know people who just live their thought patterns day in and day out. And some of them aren't particularly difficult, so they're called, what, happy? And then some of them have a lot of difficulty where they're no longer happy. Now they're having a difficult time, so then they get help from people who are trained to do whatever, cover them up or maybe take them through some kind of therapy, which could be relatively helpful. Of course, could be, might be very helpful. Just having a community, having someone listen to you is helpful. You're having difficulty. So it's dependently arisen from that point of view because it's covered up. And then it's also, if you awaken to what this is, then it's, then it's uh, choiceless, a different kind of choicelessness because then it's choiceless because you can't do anything but what you're supposed to do as a, as an entity, as a, as a, person who no longer makes any choices, then the, then everything is situational. It's just like uh, Trump Rinpoche uh, was once asked uh, many years ago uh, when he was talking about uh, 
his, uh, someone was asking about his gurus. They were, now that your gurus are gone, how, how, how do you, how do you uh, function? He said, uh, situations are my guru. And I, I can see why he would say that, because you don't know what to do until something else does something. Like if someone, nobody asked me a question, I have no idea what to say. I don't know where I came up with this talk title. Do you know? I don't know. What do you think, Senchu? You know stuff. Senchu. I mean, uh, Junchu. There's two questions from YouTube. YouTube? Do I know them? Uh, the first is from Bhavani. Bhavani? All right. Bhavani, go for it. What is meant by seeing Dharma? If you see the Dharma, then you you don't agree with it, you don't object to it, and you don't ignore it. Dharma is a Sanskrit word that means truth. And then Buddha Dharma means awakened truth. So Buddha Dharma. There's the Dharma of a, of a wood. Uh, there's a dharma of a kotsu or a stick. There's a dharma of ikabana, how to arrange things in a certain way with shinsoi, hikai, or different kinds of arrangements. There's a dharma of golf. There's a dharma. Uh, and then there's the Buddha's dharma, which is awakened truth. So the word dharma means truth. The word Buddha means awake. And together they mean what is the awakening to? That nothing is, uh, there are no separate things. The separation is, uh, is an illusion. Anything that looks like two things uh, are not separate. And the, of course, the most profound one, uh, besides uh, there's there's no so separate me from the separate you, uh, is also life is life and death. Life and death are not two different things; they're just facets of the same thing. I don't believe what I'm saying. Not not interested. To, what's up, Mavani? Any further questions? YouTube question. Question from Toji. I know Toji. How do we look at the craziness without coming to conclusions? <clears throat> yes. How do we look at the craziness without coming to conclusions? Is as, as a uh, watch the conclusion. So if you want to, if you want to, if you want to uh, work with something that is problematic or an issue, or you want to want to have some direct access to something, it might be difficult because you might have to actually look at the wound in order to heal that. You might have to look at the, the, the tendency of the mind to conclude. Uh, it's like the, the mind, uh, you could say, well, the mind wants to know. Well, no, the mind, the mind wants to already know. Because to actually know something, it might take some work, might take some look, might take some uh, uh, openness, might take some looking around, might take some exploration. But the exploration stops as soon as there's a conclusion. And the conclusion can come out out of fear of not wanting to be open anymore. But we got we got to wrap this up. That kind of a position goes on. A while ago, you said something like everything is always listening. Do you remember that? Of course I do. <laughs> <laughs> no, remind me. <laughs> what did I say? Everything is always listening. I did say that. Everything is always speaking. Everything is always thinking, smelling, tasting. So the, 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 the sense fields are, are fundamentally don't belong to anybody. They look like they do because it looks like there's somebody here who's going to live or die. And, you know, at my age, it's uh, kind of obvious what's going to happen next. But, yes, ask your question. Well, we were talking about it around the time you were talking about deep consciousness and um, identities. 
or okay. apparent identities. Go ahead. And you said something like they're always listening to you. Yes. Would that would that include what you're thinking? Oh yes, absolutely. So that my question is on that. Cool. I've asked you before, can you be thinking and not even know that you're thinking? And you said yes, like you're ignoring your thinking. Mm -hmm. So the apparent apparent entities or aspects of consciousness could could know more about what you're thinking or about what you're up to than you do or it is apparent to you. So how can you use that to help you see yourself? The best way to use anything is to see what it is. And if you see what it is, even what you're looking at may not realize what you realize. You'll see that nothing is separate. Uh, you'll be able to look, uh, uh, you'll be able to look uh, praying mantis in the eyes. I don't care how big it is. You'll be able to look right at it. That doesn't mean you won't, you won't think, how strange looking at a praying mantis. It will be unusual, but it will, but it will not be frightening, because there's no, there is no, you're not separate from the, what you're looking at. This doesn't mean if you're sitting at the picnic table and a spider runs across your arm, you don't jump. Of course you will. But the fundamental thought process around that is going to be much uh, less elaborate than the one that is panicking and trying to get away from something and think, thinking something went wrong. More. Less? Schadenfreude? It's the only German word I know. Yes. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. You too. A question from Kristen. Kristen, okay. How are neti neti and deep narcissism related? Neti neti, not this, not this, not this. Neti neti and deep narcissism. Well, neti neti, uh, as I understand it, I don't do that, but it's not as a practice. Um, it, it, there's some kind of a, of a, a, a focusing of attitude that's not this, not this, not this. I think that's a valid, I think it's a valid practice. I think it would be necessary to have a teacher to do that, to do that practice. And the way it would be related to deep narcissism uh, is uh, deep narcissism would have trouble holding up under that because it's an insistent, uh, and, and it is a stylized, highly polished insistence on the truth of shunyata or emptiness. Empty, 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 empty. Neti, neti, neti. Unless I misunderstand the whole thing, which perhaps I do. Further question? Further answer? Anyone on the silver screen have a question? Some other aspect of the consciousness. How do you know? How can you recognize 
thought it was your own. I guess maybe good one. Good one. You, you may not be able to differentiate, and it could be confusing uh, to some extent, but you should do it anyway. Look, and then notice the need to differentiate, the need to say, is this my thought or someone else's thought? Uh, identity identity is uh, this, that whole area, even the thought process is very, very discontinuous and vague from the point of view of grasping or reject or grasping or rejecting or shutting down. <clears throat> So you you may not know, but you should look at you should look at it anyway, and look at the need to conclude something like, "Is this me or is this someone else?" It's a good question, but rather than have a some kind of a, a plate full of answers, it might be good to just look at that differentiation. Use your own sitting practice, and so far as using anything, as a as a sitting meditation. Look at the identity. Is, is there someone, is there a, a being there? Is your identity actually someone else? Or is the someone else actually your identity? Go into it as an explorer. Go into it as a, as a voyager. Go into it as a, a pioneer, you could say. This, uh, talk about the, the final frontier. Uh, this is the only frontier, is consciousness. All the rest of them are piles of rock in the middle of nowhere. Yes. Sometimes it seems like when um, there's work in deep consciousness, you might even address the situation, how it's showing up, or even what seems like reifying that thing. Yeah, you might. How does that not take us further away from it? It might. You, know, you, you might have to, in order to know what it is to climb a mountain, you might have to go up and down the mountain. So you it might have to go. But at some point, the whole idea of forward and reverse uh, 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 don't don't show up in the same way they do to the conventional mind. This is called the spiritual path, and and it is and it is a uh, an open dimension that only you can do. Uh, the, the Buddha can point, the teacher can point, but you have to do it. And it may look like you're going backwards if that's the area you're going into. Are you? Go ahead, Shoto. I know when. Uh first being introduced to this situation, is this a lot of skepticism? Um, what situation? What we might call deep consciousness and talks about other beings or spirits. Skepticism? Oh, you're skeptical? <laughs> okay, go ahead. So is skepticism a cover-up? Uh... The, the, the leading edge of the skepticism is fine. It's when the, skeptic, uh, the skepticism becomes some kind of, a, of, a, of a, uh, a barrier to the fear aspect of the, the, of the self-centeredness, which, which is, comes up with, maybe this is possible. Maybe this is. A, so it's it, it shit. Have you noticed that shift somewhat? So I, I'm not saying... Skepticism is uh, just another way of working with uh, the inability to live in an open dimension. So we just we shut down with skepticism because the self-centeredness does not want to not have a reference point. At least have a reference point in Buddhism, but someone who really is uh, as understands the Buddha's Dharma has no reference point. Even Buddhism is no longer. It's just a raft to get to the other shore. 
And then when you get to the other shore, you realize that both there is no other shore. There's just this. Go ahead. What feels threatened here when something looks, looks far-fetched out here? So the, your attachment to yourself as an entity and a living being with a heart beating and eyeballs and, and an appetite and a, a certain age and a certain way of combing your hair and what your what your mom called you and how you were treated when you were young and all the, your friends and all the stories, all the little uh, stories and parables around your life that keep you supported as an individual being having a lifetime. It's, it's, it's empty of self. It's empty of any anyone. Is that perplexity I'm seeing behind that mask? I guess not. Yes. No. Shall we? Shall we get through? One final question, if there is one. Teresa Ballard. Go ahead, Teresa. Um, I think I understood you. You were saying that there's really no forward or back. Maybe I, I, I did. Misunderstood that? No, you didn't. Okay, so my question is: Is that connected with the um, that every moment is the fresh, the essence of realization? Alan? I didn't say that. Did you say that? I think you did. No, <laughs> I'm, I'm asking: Is that is that what is being um, taught when when with the the teaching that every moment is the fresh? The essence of realization, balance. Okay, we'll go with that. I don't. I don't particularly talk about it that way, because it's not. It's that's has too much. It has too much uh, uh, syrup on it. It might be every moment is stinks. I'll say one last thing, and then we'll and then we'll dedicate that. Don't miss your life, my friends. Don't miss your life, no matter how gooey or sticky or crappy it seems. Don't charge into it with your ideas about what it is. Don't abandon it with ideas about what it is. And don't shut down on it. Find out who you are. So there's no doubt. You don't get your identity from this old man. I don't know who the hell you are anyway. Yeah, I do, actually. I know. I know exactly who you are. I don't have a problem with that. <laughs> I know who you are. I want you to find out who you are. Good luck. Are we standing up to do this? Yes. Remember this country to all places so that we and every sentient being together can realize the Buddha's way. Directions, the three worlds, all Buddhas, all venerable ones, Bodhisattvas, Mahasattvas, the great Prajna, Paramita. O Buddhas and Bodhisattvas of the Ten Directions, the three times, please hear us. Please come down out of the light to protect Sokoboji Buddhist Temple Monastery. Our Sangha, families, friends, and visitors. Heal everyone who is unhappy, sick, or suffering and fill them with life.